0: was a romantic. He would take it upon himself to be the avenging angel of his clansmen and swoop in to save them all. Even as the thought crossed Keir's mind, Hugh unsheathed his mighty claymore and dug his heels into his horse's sides. Nay, cousin, he shouted as the beast surged forward. Ye dinna had to. Aye, Keir, I do. Bollocks. Keir cursed before he too drew his sword and followed his cousin into the fray with the battle cry of Clan McCoynich on his lips. If a man had to die, it was a fine spring day for it. Hungry and weary from days of marching without adequate supplies, the Jacobite army still rallied for this last charge. Into the guns and bayonets of Cumberland's army, many of them raked by cannon fire and grape shot before they even reached the enemy. They gave it every last ounce of heart they possessed, taking down as many of the enemy as they could. Despite his lack of devotion to the actual cause, Kier was intent on supporting his clansmen in battle to the best of his ability. He attacked aggressively, working his way deeper and deeper into the foray until the enemy surrounded him. With a grim smile, he sent redcoat after redcoat to meet his maker. It wouldn't be enough, though. It couldn't be. They were weaker than their enemy, outnumbered. It couldn't last long. The scream of a horse drew his attention, and he saw Hugh go down, rolling away to escape being crushed by his injured mount. Knowing his cousin had no hope of survival on foot among the overwhelming odds and long reach of the enemy's bayonets, Keir kicked his mount into motion. Slashing his way through a sea of red coats, he made his way toward Hugh. Hugh. Such magnificent valor, he thought with a grin of admiration. Hugh continued to fight the enemy with his every fiber. He towered over them all, twice the man any of them were, giving twice the fight. Then one of the cowardly Sassanachs struck Hugh from behind and Hugh dropped to one knee. Fear for his cousin's life surged through Keir. He was just close enough to see that his cousin had been pierced in the leg by a bayonet, "'Judging by the angry expression on Hugh's face "'as he turned to face his attacker, "'the spineless Sassanach didn't have much time "'remaining in his life. "'The redcoat turned tail and ran like the coward he was. "'Despite the injury to his leg, Hugh gave chase, "'working his way through the battlefield "'with but one target in mind now. "'The fight in the Jacobite army diminished now "'and their slaughter assured. "'The horns ultimately sounded for the Jacobite retreat.' Still Hugh kept after his prey, chasing him across the open moors to the south and through the rubble remaining of the park wall, which had been destroyed to make room for the highland dragoons to advance. Finally breaking free from the fringes of the fray, Keir kicked his mount into motion to follow, determined to save at least one life that day. It was with some amusement that he realized his cousin was far more fleet of foot than a man of his size should be. He gained on his quarry far quicker than Keir was gaining on them. Hugh would get his man shortly, then Keir would take him up, and together they'd leave this place before the Hanoverians began taking prisoners. The red-coated Sassanach looked back over his shoulder in terror. Hugh was but an arm's length away. However, before Hugh could grab him, the Sassanach fell out of sight, swallowed by a gaping hole. He yelled for his cousin to beware. Hugh skidded and stumbled, trying to stop his forward charge, but it was too late. With a shout of alarm, he too fell out of sight. Shaking off his shock... Keir kicked his horse into even swifter motion, but as he neared the breach, the animal spooked and reared, tossing its rider before sidestepping nervously away. Cursing the animal, he scrambled the few remaining yards as the cavity began to shrink, calling frantically for his cousin through the curious blackness. He was as spooked as his mount. He'd never seen such an oddity before, a chasm that appeared from nowhere." So black that he couldn't see into its depths, could not see his cousin below, or hear him over the whipping wind shrieking around its mouth. Gathering his nerve, he thrust a hand into the void, hoping a hand might clasp his own, but there was nothing within. He felt nothing beyond an odd tingle stretching up his arm before he yanked it back. Hugh! he called again, frantic now. Hugh! He scrambled away from the shrinking precipice when a white bundle sailed from the hollow, landing with a soft thud not far away as the gap closed.